How are you this April morning? <laughs> I'm hungry. I haven't actually been hungry, like hungry, hungry in a while. But like my stomach is like, you should eat. Um, yeah, my stomach's mad at me. I just had a whole bunch of coffee and it's like, bitch. <laughs> it should be. I mean, I, I suggest drinking water before coffee, at least with like my fucked up stomach. Um, because then all I feel is like acid. So I'll like eat a banana or an apple or drink water and then I will do coffee, which I think today is a coffee day. Mm. <sighs> because, yeah, because you have to work today, don't you? Yeah, I my last day off was Monday and I technically wasn't supposed to have a day off. Um, but I'm working Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And then I'm supposed to have Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday off, but... Um, We'll see. <laughs> Who knows? But like money. Um, I'm doing. I'm doing well. I'm doing well this morning. How are you? I'm doing okay. Um, we just finished recording another or another episode or a different episode. So I feel like my words are kind of all the way, everywhere. But you know, I'm awake. I'm here. I'm a Probably after this, I'm probably going to go do some yard work finally, because both my roommate and I finally have a day off. So we're both like collaborating and trying to get the house in order. Yay. Man, it's so crazy how fast the place will just get fucking trashed. It's really easy, especially when you have like things. Like when you don't have things, it's easy to like, our, our living room doesn't really have things in it. Mm -hmm. But when it did have things, it looked so cluttered. Oh yeah, yeah. See, it, it, our house just looks so gross everywhere. And if like you really just look at it, it was just clothes. They're just clothes everywhere, and we both suck at doing laundry. Yeah, I hate doing laundry, but I mean, it helps when you have a washer and dryer in your unit. Okay, that's fair, but I am just lazy enough to put them in the washer, in the dryer, and then never fucking fold them. Yeah same <laughs> like, I have a hamper and my hamper is always full um, and then clothes. huh of clean clothes yeah so clean clothes and you just dig through them yeah um, and then I would I had this system where I would I have um a karaoke machine I used to keep my karaoke machine in my bathroom um mm -hmm. and I would set all of my dirty clothes on my karaoke machine and um so then I would just come home go in the bathroom change into my night clothes or my like comfy clothes and then leave all my work clothes on there and mm -hmm. then don't judge me for this which I mean I honestly don't give a fuck um I if I, I have a uniform I'm not gonna wash my uniform every single day oh so no I never uniform right I'll just my uniform on my karaoke machine and then when I get up in the morning I will put my put it back on and then <laughs> vice versa um yeah, if I have a day off that's when I'll I'll like, wash all of them I'll either, I'll, depending on like how hot it is that day, how much I sweat in it, like how much I get it dirty. Like I'm not going to clean my shirt probably like for three days, yeah. three days to like a week at a time. It really just depends. Cause like I work at a set in a section of the store where it's like continuously blasted with cold air. Yeah. So like, I don't sweat in it. 
I like the worst is that it's gonna smell like cheese, which I'm around cheese anyway. So like I'm not smelling out of the norm. Right. But like unless I'm starting to see things like, you know, white caked on my jeans, because that's what they are jeans. Yeah. I'm not washing them every day. That's just a waste of money. Yeah. So I totally get and- where you're coming from. Especially, like, I have multiple, uh, for one job, I just have, like, a button-up shirt, and I can wear whatever else under it. I hardly ever wash that shirt. I have, like, 17 of them because I will forget them and then run into our storage unit and get another one. So I literally have, like, a billion of these shirts. And then at my other job, I have, like, four shirts. So I cycle through them. But at one job, they get so dirty so fast because, like, avocado. I'm work at a salad-making place, so, like my shirt will unknowingly get full of food. Um, that's like the only time that I'll like switch it or sometimes I'll just wear this shit the same day because I'm like, it's gonna get dirty again. Um, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Well, what are we talking about today? We are talking about, do we think that our moms helped us in life, get ready for life, prepare us properly? say I I think I was narrowing it down to like womanhood like did they prepare us for being women in the world uh-huh. do um personally when I think about think back about like did my mom do her job I think she did I think that she raised a sufficient human being that um I can think on my feet in a crisis um, I can pay my bills because she taught me how to pay my bills when I was like 10. Um, survival skills. She taught me about my menstrual cycle. She tried to really try to tell me about sex. Um, but like, I already knew everything. Right. TV. TV. Um, I feel like in emotional aspects, she didn't do a very like great, great job but she did the best with what she had and um she did a better i think we but believe she did a better job than my grandmother did with her because my grandmother didn't teach teach her kids about periods yeah um my mom often said that she just woke up one day and was bleeding and thought she had cut herself so my mom told me exactly like what was going to happen and I remember when I got my period for the first time I was like I'm a woman how old were you and now I'm like I don't want to be a woman how old were you when you got your first period I was in fourth grade so however you how how, the summer going into fourth grade so whatever grade I don't know I don't know (laughs) it was like 12 Okay, I think I got mine in fifth grade because I was 13, I remember. Yeah, I want to say it was like around there because that's around that same time I hit, like, it was like the summer between third and fourth grade Mm -hmm. is when, like, I came back to school and had boobs and, like, my body had completely changed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, It's funny that you say it like that because I really feel that my mom focus like not focus but did the opposite like emotional all that stuff she had that in the bag Mm -hmm. but like as far as like paying bills doing taxes you know just kind of like adult shit Mm -hmm. 
that was kind of lacking but I don't and I almost don't want to say this but I think it's because like her she herself didn't really know how to do it yeah because again like we've said this in past episodes she had me when she was 20 you know when we're 20 we don't under we don't really know how to do anything yeah you're not technically an adult you're not an adult like all she knew was what my grandma would teach her yeah you know my grandma had four other three other kids she had to worry about that were all causing their own troubles in their own way so my mom was really just like you know she did all the chores she watched the kids like she got prepared yeah I don't want to discredit my grandma or my mom because I never talked to them about this really yeah, but we're totally not doing that. that like, my for adult situations. All right. But I mean, for like other things like car payments, bills, taxes, you know, like other stuff that I need to know for an adult or to be prepared. Mm. I really wasn't ready. I didn't understand. I didn't know. And I think it was because like, you know, my mom got with my dad fairly early on. So like he got, he was taking care of it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and it's also like you grew up in a two parent household. I didn't um, for like most of your life. Um, mm-hmm. But when it comes and I'm just gonna cut, like I'll fix this. Or right, I like, I literally like for like lost my train of thought. That's why I was like. Oh. <laughs> Um, you know but my mom she like excelled with the emotional bring up bringing up you know she knew how to take care of me when I was going through my when I was going through shit she knew what to say she knew just like how to kind of like handle the emotional part Mm -hmm. when my dad was completely oblivious but when it comes to like financial stuff he had the role so she didn't really have to learn and take care of it until they were divorced okay Okay. Yeah. All right, you're still recording. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really have a choice. It cut off. And right. I, um, you were saying? Um, but you know, it didn't really happen until my parents divorced that my mom really had to like step up and do all this shit. So like, yeah. I feel like they kind of tried to deviate who taught me what. It's just my dad didn't really teach me shit. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't know what, I really didn't know how to be an adult when it comes to like the finances, the responsibility, all that stuff. But growing up, like I kind of like knew how life worked. Okay, I don't want to discredit my dad because I did learn shit from him. I don't want to say like, oh, he just completely dropped the ball on it. It's just, it wasn't enough to where I'm still like, like, what the fuck is a checkbook? What the, f- like, how the fuck do I balance a checkbook? How do I do my taxes? How do I fix this car? And every time I go to him, like recently, it's like, oh, you don't know how to do that? Like, well, no, cause he never taught me. Wow, it's just like a job. Exactly. They, they promise you training and they never give it to you. But my mom, you know, I'd never learned that stuff from her either. But when it came to like, you know, sex, drugs, manipulation and relationships she was a hundred percent with me and that's because she that's things that she like went through that she thought that you would need to learn and i'm the same way with my mom 
like she those are things that she didn't she didn't learn until later in life so right. because of that they that, that was like the first things that they teach us mm-hmm. the stuff that they went through like I will always love that my mom was so and we talked about this earlier was so real with me about drugs mm-hmm. because I remember her sitting me down and this was just like you know when public schools were like oh the dare program project charlie like you know drugs are bad all of them don't ever do it and my you know and it was also during the time where it was just like okay we're gonna separate the boys and the girls and we're gonna learn about their parts and all that stuff and it's like my mom she just sat me down and she's like yeah half the shit that they're gonna tell you is bullshit and i was like oh because i've never heard that before mm-hmm. Because I'm like, oh, but it was school. Like, school's not supposed to lie to me. <laughs> Looking back at that now, how naive I was. I was like, and I didn't, when we had those classes, I didn't learn a damn thing that I didn't already know. Yeah, me either at that point. Because my mom was just like, you know, she just, just, I love how real she was. Like, yeah. I never had the inkling of like, oh, you know, oh, I, I, I wonder what this drug is like because she told me and she was honest about it you know like i'm not gonna go into detail about what everything my mom's done because i don't know who listens but you know like she's like you know how do you feel or like do you have any questions about like say this one type of drug and i was like well how about for example she's never done it like how would cocaine be and then she would just like sat there and like tell a story about like when she did that specific type of drug she's like you know it'll feel real good you'll feel real energized you'll want to do shit but as soon as that high ends because she like made it clear to me that not everything is forever Mm -hmm. she's like when you come down you're gonna feel like you want to die you'll have the shakes you'll have the sweats you know all this stuff like she just you know she's like you can do what you want because you're gonna be a person eventually yeah not just my child. She's like, but you got to make sure that you can understand the good and the bads and how to, what was the word that I said earlier? Um, my, use moderation. Yeah. Like do stuff in moderation. And she did that with sex too. Like, you know, she installed it in me that like, if you say no, no is the answer. If you don't say yes, no is the answer. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. And I was going to, well, first, um, I also, like, whatever my mom, like, because um, you keep saying you don't want to discredit. Anything that we say, we're not discrediting our parents. We're just giving our opinion on, like, how we turned out as adults. Um, right. I feel like in every other aspect of my life, I'm doing great except for the emotional part. Mm-hmm. Because, like, like I said, my mom didn't really know how to be there for me emotionally because her because she didn't experience that growing up um but far as like the life part i'm doing fucking amazing like i have a roof over my head i always know how to admit, put a roof over my head i've been doing my taxes since i was 17 years old like mm-hmm. the life part i got it but um i was going to before you like you grew up in a two-parent household right i was like before i like made that i was like oh yeah I was like, what if it's the difference between white, black and white? Because um, a lot of people in the black community, they don't, they don't really deal with emotions like that. 
right mostly because like we're surviving for most of our life we're not actually like enjoying and living our life so mm-hmm. having an emotion emotionally stable household for a lot of people is a luxury in the black community it's not a necessity right. so I was like does that but your dad was there so your mom was able to kind of take that time and be there for you emotionally right trying to work which I'm sure she did but like my mom and I still to this day I'm like how did you do it how did you move to a whole other state with a baby and make it when family wasn't like we didn't really have family in Michigan at least not family that would want to help and reach out to my mom Um, so she's a strong ass person for that and I know that and I appreciate her for that but I'm what do you think see that's a good point because I mean the situation that your mom went through she was alone no help you know had to do things on her own my mom she was like she was very lucky very lucky to where like she had gotten pregnant she went back to her mom and her mom welcomed her with open arms mm-hmm. you know like okay we'll figure this out together we got this but yeah. hold, on, hold on your mom was 20 when she had you my mom yeah. was in her 30s when she had me i feel like that's a very important distinction when my mom had my brother she was 17 i want to get into that go ahead yeah. And like, I can't really tell a story because I don't really know it. Like, I remember my mom talking about she came back because she got to a huge fight with my grandma. No shock there. We fight a lot. But she came back after she found out she was pregnant. My grandma welcomed her with open arms, helped her out. I don't know if she was with my dad or not at this point, but she got with my dad really early on in my life. Um, so I feel like it was kind of, I don't want to say that it wasn't easy mm-hmm. or it was easy, but she got a different, uh, a different, like, what is it? Not, is it privilege? Experience? Yeah, experience. Experience. Yeah, she got it. She was, you know, got a different experience. She got a lot of help. Mm-hmm. She did a lot of things on her own. I don't want to say that she didn't. But, you know, like she, they were able to get a house. I remember having a house in Indiana that was still relatively close to my grandma. You know, like, I just feel like our family, like my family, we have a lot of, you know, women, older women, stronger women, they're strong women. So we stick together Mm -hmm. real close, real tight, always cares about fam, like, you know, feelings. Mm -hmm always make sure that the person was okay emotionally financially they were on their own (laughs) you know like if you need to stay at the house sure but you know if you're doing some fuck shit you can't stay at my place i love you though i (laughs) love you though i love you though i'll sit there and make sure that you know you're not trying to but we're all struggling when it comes to money so I just feel like, you know, emotionally, I'm sturdy. When it comes to like money and stuff, I'm so flimsy. Oh my God. Um, Where were we? I believe, I don't know. I think we were talking about, we were tiptoeing around the topic. That could be different. Huh? 
factors that could differentiate why we or why we were brought up differently oh yeah um but like I always say we're two sides of the same coin because what I struggle in Mm -hmm. you were um watered in and what you struggle in I was watered in so we have like it's almost like we make the perfect (laughs) person person I get that you know like I'll sympathize with you and you'll be like fuck that get out of my way I need to make this money (laughs) pretty much like I will let myself deteriorate emotionally if that means that I am going to be financially stable for like the next couple of months see and that's so crazy because if a job makes me uncomfortable makes me mad makes me hate coming in I'm not gonna come in and that's something that like even like back in high school I'm like like you would always make statements like oh I have to do this and I'm like, you don't have to do shit. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, Emily, like, you don't have to do that. But then the things that I'm like, you don't have to do. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> um, for the listeners, sometimes I forget we're recording because we're FaceTiming. Yeah. I literally like had like, like a mind fuck. So with um, Emily would always be like, oh, like I have like this family is there I have to go to. I have to do this. And it would always, always, always be family or boyfriend or friend related. And yes. she would always say, I have to do this. And I'm like, you don't have to do shit. But it would be the reverse if it was like something like work related or school related. And yeah, like, so like I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Say like, you're sick. You're like, no, I have to go into work. Like you really don't have to though. And she's like, no, no, I need the money. It's the same. That's crazy. I didn't even think about it that way. See, mind blown. We different aspects mm-hmm. of it because, like, my mom be like, "Oh, like they're having a they're having like a family party in um, in Chicago," and I'd be like, "Oh, okay, cool. I have to work this weekend." And then Emily's like, oh, "I'm gonna try to get it off." And I'm yeah, like, usually yeah. I'm the like, yeah, because I'll to be like, "Oh, okay, let me try to get that weekend off." That's insane. I d- <laughs> yep. Yep. Revelations. So that's, that's funny that like our upbringing has conditioned us that way. Um, but as for the overall topic about like, did our mothers prepare us to be women and like prepare us to be adults? Um, we answer the question, I believe yes, but obviously there are things we got one we got one half that the other didn't exactly but um I think we should close on and this could like be a broad topic or a really small topic is if we were to have children or adopt what would we change like raising our kids I and I'm gonna appreciate my mom for this because she did try to hide me from you know some of the shittier things of the world when I was little even though I still have like distinct memories of it so I like I still remember it I don't think I would shelter my kids so much Mm -hmm. like obviously they don't need to be seeing cartel head cutting off videos at eight years old like I was because you know nobody was watching me on the computer (laughs) but at the same time like you know I'm not gonna simmer down on (sighs) cursing too much Cause it's a like, like, you know, that's how I talk. It's a normal way of speaking. If my kid doesn't cuss at me, it's fine. My kid doesn't cuss at, you know, adults, whatever, who cares? Either that or, you know, tell like, 
eventually just do what my mom did and was just like, you can cuss, just not around me, not till you're 18. Which I didn't until I was 18. And, you know, we have a really good relationship with that. Um, I kind of like if I were to have kids or adopt, I, I would balance it out. When they're very young, I would give them emotional stability. Mm -hmm. um, and then once they start to get like of age, like I would say like seven, eight, nine, ten, is when I would start implementing like life skills. But also, I hope at this time I've been and worked on myself enough to be able to like guide them through their emotional traumas and like try to prevent like imprinting any of my fucked upness on them right. um so and then once they actually get like 17 18 19 um I probably like if I was like rich which I plan on being um I would start telling I would start teaching them about the real estate market I would start teaching them how to pay their taxes like I would prepare them to be billionaires and I would love to learn I would love to have known about real estate growing up me too I probably would have had like two or three properties yeah because like half the time that I was like looking for places with my ex-fiance I didn't know what the fuck I was looking for didn't know what the fuck to look for mm -hmm. nothing and it it really shows I'm so glad <laughs> so glad I'm out of that house that house was fucking falling apart and that's and it's and it's kind of crazy because I mean a lot of people say that our hometown is expensive which I mean when you look at the market well I'm, I'm kind of biased because I'm looking at the market and comparing it to LA so when I see these five bedroom five bedroom four bathroom houses with like full bat like full balconies, a basement washer and dryer, and a full ass backyard for five hundred for five hundred thousand dollars. I'm like, I would buy that shit in a heartbeat. Because yeah, five hundred thousand dollars for a five for a five bedroom, four bathroom in a really nice neighborhood, newly renovated house versus the houses that come close to that are a, like a million dollars. Oh man, yeah, no, the fucking house, the marketing in LA is insane. You're telling me that I have to pay $100,000 for a one-bedroom apartment or to own a one-bedroom house? Yep. Like a shack by the beach? The fuck? Yep, and people will pay it, and that's why that's... Anyways, <laughs> we're getting off topic, but I would want to prepare my kids to be multiple streams of income people so they can live freely and not have to worry about generational curses because we have to break those too the stigma of being on government aid we have to break that too being mm -hmm. a black like raising black kids it would be it's going to be hard and i want to i want to set them up for success so everything that i wish my mom would have taught me or things i wish my grandmother would have taught my mom so she could teach me i would just prepare that for my kids so then by the time they're 25, they're emotionally stable human beings. They have multiple streams of income and they have a few properties and they can travel the world if they want to. So I would really hope that my kids like understood that no matter what they do, that they would have a support system. You know what I mean? Yeah. And not to feel bad for coming to the support system. Yeah. Cause I don't, I mean, I never feel bad about coming to like, there's very, there are very rare things that I don't tell my mom, like sex related things. Yes. Um, but like mostly I tell my mom everything. There's probably, there's not one thing about myself that my mom doesn't know except for sex, sex things. Yeah. 
I want to say like for the majority, but some, but I won't lie when I say I don't pick and choose the things that they know about me. Like, you don't? No. I don't tell my mom everything. You know this. I don't tell my dad hardly anything. No, you said you don't pick and choose. Oh, I'm sorry. I pick and choose. Oh, okay. I'm like, you don't pick and choose, but I'm like, I know you do. Yeah, no, I definitely, I pick and choose just because like, and that's just like who they are as people. Like when I say that I don't want my children to feel bad for coming to me because they fucked up in something. I know exactly what you mean. Absolutely horrible having to go to my parents. And I don't know if they like meant to do that or whatever. You mean mom? Even my mom, yeah, sometimes. My own. I mean. It's because I know. Okay. I know that if I tell her, she will be super supportive. But I also know comments that she's made in the past about certain things that discourage me from telling her shit. Yes, I, I 100% feel that. But the difference is, like now, if my mom makes me feel bad about something, I will call her out on it. Not disrespectfully at all. Like 100%. Like, if I were ever to like get pregnant and want an abortion, I don't know if I would tell my mom. Yeah, and that's, that's something that you don't have to tell her. Right, and it's, and I, you know, I, the only reason I say that is because, like, I don't think she wouldn't be supportive, but I just remember in the past, she had expressed to me that she was pro-life. And that's nothing against her. She, by no chance, like, by, by no means... I don't think she would make me feel bad for making this choice, mm-hmm. but I do feel like she would try to discourage me from it. And I, if I had to go through that, I wouldn't want somebody to, to try to discourage me. Mm-hmm. I would want somebody to just be like, okay, well, what do you think is the best choice? And roll with that. You know what I mean? And with my dad, if I need, like, I, I have car troubles. I feel so bad coming to him and telling him about it. Yeah. Because he makes me feel like shit about it. Like say, mm-hmm. oh, hey, my car broke down because my brakes are bad. Oh, well, you should have fixed your brakes. That's not helpful. And then I find out a few weeks later, it's because he thought my brake pads were fucked up, not the actual brake line. I'm like, well, why didn't you fucking say something like that? Because now I feel stupid because of something that was out of my control Mm -hmm. but now I feel bad because it happened to me and you said that shit do you when and and if you want me to cut this out let me know when you are having these conversations with your dad because I know when I'm having conversations with my dad I kind of shut down like I can't really express exactly how I feel because I get way too emotional but that's like another conversation for another day but are you expressing the like the way you said it to me like hey um that would have been really helpful to know because now I feel xyz about this and it could have been prevented if you would have talked to me like an adult instead of a kid and is which I feel that you in which I feel that you think I am okay uh, like my face when it cut off was like, yeah. <laughs> um, 
so yeah do you do you have because I don't know I I'm never there when you and your dad are having a conversation and when I was I would tune it out (laughs) um but that was like so long ago and we were so young but um yeah it just it's almost an uncomfortable feeling like I don't mind it like, it's not bad if it's like, you know, like a typical conversation, like, oh, how are you doing? Just checking up on you. That feels like normal. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to, hey, I have to talk to you about your car. Instant fucking, like, worry. I feel horrible. I wonder what he's about to say. Like, oh, I need to talk to you about something about the house. Instantly, I'm like, fuck, what did I do? What did I break? What did I not do? Mm-hmm. All these ideas go through my head because, like, I just like, I'm worried because in a way I'm scared of disappointing him, even though I do it regularly. Like I feel like the disappointment of all three kids. Like I didn't go to college. All three kids are planning on going to college. Mm -hmm. He continuously tries to make me go to college, even though I don't really want to, but I also don't want to tell him flat out. I don't want to go because He's just going to do like, he's going to say something like, well, I mean, I guess if you want to keep struggling with your work, that's it. That's exactly what he would say to me. You didn't answer my question. What was the question? When he is coming at you, because honestly, it pisses me off so much because me as a person that cares about you, I see all the potential. my face I'm like I see all the potential in the world and I'm like she can do fucking anything if she puts her mind to it like you have expressed so many avenues of business that you want to go through and I'm like all I want to do is support you in that so I'm like with this podcast who knows what could happen um with you wanting to be in the animal field like veterinarian or like professional dog groomer you can fucking do that if you want to. I don't, I'm not going to lie. I have, I'm like, why does she keep getting these bar jobs? Why doesn't she get like a more stable job with benefits? I'm not going to lie. That has crossed my mind before, but I'm not going to be like, you don't have to struggle. You could do X, Y, Z, but college is not always the answer. So my question is when he's coming at you with these passive aggressive or he's projecting his expectations onto you, because that's what they are. They're his expectations mm-hmm. um, that you could go to college and not do well. You probably would, but you could go to college, not do well. You could waste a bunch of money doing studying something that you don't want to study for. And then well, that that four years that he pressed you to go to was a waste of money and time. And that's what I'm fucking worried about. Yeah. But do you when he's coming at you, do you actually do you like tell him how you're feeling or do you just like (laughs) no I just fucking I sit back and I fucking let him finish and I don't know I trust me I I've I've contemplating going toe-to-toe with your dad before and I'm like yeah I need to come with research if I want to do that yeah you don't want to do that because he's smart and I like but I I mean if you you are his daughter Emily okay there's pow- like not like she's my daughter believe me You're I have his daughter be I- his fucking reflection 
because girl, I have played that card on my mom and she's just looking at me. I'm like, yeah, I'm your twin. Now what? You ain't got nothing to say. Exactly. Like he's smart. If you have something to say to him, come correct. You are a research-based person. If you don't want to go to college, come with the research, come with the statistics, come with a fucking PowerPoint and a presentation with a, with a laser pointer and be like, this is exactly why I'm not going to college. I feel like this would be smart to do if you're not living in his house. Like technically his house. That's a conversation for another day. But like, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, I feel like I hate that he intimidates you that way and makes you feel small. Yeah. Like it really pisses me off because when you tell me these things, I'm like, it took me a while. Like I've actually, no, I've always gone toe to toe with my mom. Mm -hmm. Like my brother didn't do it when he was little. I always do it, but in a respectful way because I am a person and you're not going to tell me how you're going to treat me. No. Come on. I know. Oh, I'm sorry. I paused. Um, I said, I always go toe to toe with my mom, um, because I'm a person and you're not going to tell me how you're going to treat me. I don't accept that behavior. And I said that to her. I don't accept that, that, that behavior for my sanity. I actually, there's a story. So when we first started going into shutdown, my dad round all of us up to go to our cottage. That was kind of like away from everybody. Mm -hmm. I specifically remember asking him, I'm like, hey, while we're here, can you do you mind treating me like a 24 year old, you know, like an adult, let me do my own things. And he's like, no, I understand what you're saying, but no. And I was like, oh, okay. And then a few days down the line, we got into a big thing because like, you know, Kate and I wanted to go see our mom. She's been fucking quarantining just like the rest of us, but he wanted to throw a fucking fit about it. And like literally like threw a fucking fit about it, talking shit downstairs like we couldn't hear him. And then two days later, he fucking brought his friend and his friend's girlfriend into the house with us when the biggest thing was quarantine. And I said, that's absolute bullshit and I'm gonna fucking leave. And he's like, well, fine, leave. I was like, all right, I will. And then the next morning he's like, you know, I don't really want you to leave, right? I'm like, why the fuck would you say something like that then? And he just looked at me. I'm like, and this is, I think this is one of the times where I've actually stood up to him. I'm like, you don't get to say shit when you're mad and then take it back when you're not mad. Mm-hmm. You don't get to do that. Your wife doesn't get to do that. And like, you keep fucking doing it to us kids and it's fucked up. And then I left. I think that's a, I think that's a great progression. To I just remember that. my body buzzing after I left. Because it's, your version of scary yeah it's terrifying and it's so crazy because i don't mind cussing out a man who's six foot nine but do you remember what i always say huh when i'm in an argument with somebody i always would rather tell them off in an hr way than cuss them out because it makes them feel small and insignificant if i'm calm and i'm like I really don't appreciate the way you're talking to me and I will not accept that. 
you can come back and talk to me when you're in an acceptable mood and at an acceptable volume. But as of right now, this conversation is over and then leave. Versus you ignorant motherfucker. I can't stand the, like. See, that's me. And I'm the one that does that. Like, I can't call you out unless I am on the verge of a literal breakdown. That's why you need to come calm. Like, don't wait, don't wait. And you don't have to do anything. I'm just, this is kind of like as an outsider in like observing your relationship with him and how he makes you feel. I think it would be very beneficial if you were to one day just be like, hey, do you want to go grab coffee? Or when Josh is like at work, do you want to come over and like grab coffee? And he probably won't, I don't know if he'll do it, but he probably, it'll be unexpected, but you'll be prepared and it's on your terms. Mm -hmm. And just kind of like, the biggest things that bother you be like as my dad sometimes I need you and it doesn't it does not make me feel comfortable coming to you when you're always coming at me passive aggressively how am I coming at you passive aggressively come with bullet points and examples I'm gonna cry <laughs> <laughs> don't cry <laughs> sorry it like literally emotion huh I said literally emotions anyway but I mean because like that's honestly how me and my mom got closer because when I moved out like yes I love my mom we were always close but our relationship while I was living with her was not the best and I was like I need to get out of this toxic relationship because I will not survive Mm -hmm. and now um like it's usually just great like we can talk about almost anything we talk five times a day besides the last time when I went home wasn't the best but I'm always working to understand her and her emotions and she's now working to understand me and my emotions and it's such a special thing to actually have your dad in your life and have him somewhat want to be there but I feel like you have to start opening up to him about the way you're feeling because he is still there yeah and no I can't say that you know I don't have my dad around I don't have him there because at the end of the day over everything over every shitty thing he is there and he will help yeah but it's also the way that he is helping yeah it just it's like he just goes out of the way to kind of make it harder for me yeah and he and you he might surprise you he might come at you and be like I'm sorry I didn't know you feel that way or he might think about it later and be like, I'm texting and be like, I'm sorry, I didn't know you felt that way. Or girl, look up his um, look up his sign and the most effective way to deal with to deal with the Gemini. How the and, fuck do I deal with the Gemini? <laughs> I mean, that's why like you're research oriented. If this is something that you want to do, especially before you before they leave or before you leave across country where you won't see him as much, um, just maybe something to think about, something to do, because. I've tried that with my dad. It ain't gonna happen. Yeah. He he's in denial about 95% of the things. And my mom roasts the occasion. Um, and I really appreciate that. I hope he does raise the occasion. And if you need help trying to put the words out there, I am here for you because I'm emotionally, I try to be emotionally healthy for the most part. Especially when it comes to like people in my life, because if you're causing me harm emotionally, you're cut the fuck off. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. My emo- my mental health is more important to me than anybody in my life. 
period. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Let's wrap this thing up now that I'm all emotional and teary-eyed. <laughs> all right you guys um i hope y'all got something out of this and if you have any comments concerns comment message us we love to hear your feedback um this wasn't meant to be deep this was just meant to be light and airy um but yeah we will see y'all next week bye, bye.